Hello, and welcome back for episode 39 of Dirt Road Divinity. I'm your host, Lisa Wade, and today we're talking with Katie Weiss for part two of an ongoing conversation about her interactions with a group she calls the Chorus. Our conversation gets deep. I mean, we travel ground from her first book, The Book of Human Awakening, to her second book that's currently in progress, The Book of Remembering. We talk about things from fear being like the energetic fence line of the game of limitations that she talks about. We talk about time and that being one of the most useful ways to impose those limitations. We talk about things like allowance and what a game changer actual allowance can be. We talk about joy, <laughs> life, what happens after death, even past lives. We cover so much ground in this conversation and her wisdom and insight and humor. She's so funny. She's got so much to say and says it with such grace and clarity. Buckle up, buttercup, because this ride is goes deep and it's perspective enhancing, and it's so worth it. So please enjoy part two of the conversation with Katie Weiss and the chorus. Ooh. So I, it, the phrase that keeps coming up in my mind is just this idea of beyond belief, you know? So, okay. What is beyond belief and can, is it possible from life on earth to reach even peak for a second beyond belief? And if so, how does that change things? Hmm. I mean, this is what I would say is I can't imagine it yet. Mm -hmm. I, because imagination is often our reflection here of broader mm -hmm. frequencies that we're reaching, but it plays by the rules of the game. I can imagine something without disrupting mm -hmm. the experience of limitation for anybody else. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine that yet. But we right now, excuse me, by talking about the chorus, are reaching a perspective that is beyond belief. It's starting mm -hmm. for humanity. We're starting to come to an understanding of their perspective and they resonate beyond structures of, of belief. Mm -hmm. See, and even hearing you say that, it's like my insides are bubbling up with excitement, you know, to, in, <laughs> 10 years ago, it may have been dread. What do you mean beyond belief? And I'll never, totally. uh, you know, but now as you're talking, it's like, I can feel energetically just going, oh, cool. Yes. <laughs> you know, totally. What a difference. Great that notice. Woo. So the podcast, podcast goes along with the book. And yes. so season one went along with, with the first book, season two, connecting with the second book, which my understanding isn't out yet, but is in process. Is that right? Yep. It will be soon, um, mm -hmm. probably in December again, Ooh, exciting. Um, but very soon. So book one was the book of human awakening, the introduction to awakening. And book two is the book of human remembrance. Ooh. It's um, the chorus's descriptions of time. And then of course, memory, which is our greatest physical experience of linear time to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they talk a lot about how we constructed it to basically be an engine of our own limitation. 
and that there are many uses of time. There are many understandings of time in the physical dimension. There are, there are many ways to use time for your benefit even. And so they start to describe these different views of time in the universe. Wow. And by way of that, it sort of starts to clarify in a new way how we experience linear time and how big a part that has been of almost every belief we have, every experience we have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My husband in the it. background. I don't know. <laughs> Some people will see the video, but we're in a small space right now in real life. Um so the book is, I would say, continues on that very loving, mm. very reassuring perspective. And like, it's like, a oh, I see how we did that now. Wow. Um, and also, I would say it is a step faster. It's like if the first book was 101. This is 201. They expect mm. that you have a basic understanding of some of these concepts. Yeah. And they move a lot faster. Okay. Um, but my editors and other people who have read it so far, who also read book one are like, but it doesn't feel tedious. It feels mm -hmm. like maybe like you said, 10 years ago, this would have terrified me. But right now it feels like a little bit like rocket fuel. Mm -hmm. so there, there is more rocket fuel in mm -hmm. the second book. That's exciting. And, and the idea of <clears throat> unraveling, you know, ways of looking at time and using it for benefits, seeing where it, where it maybe can, we can allow it sometimes to hold us back, perhaps. Um, the idea of memory, do they get into like, including like soul past life memories too? all that jazz? Yeah. Wow. That that's one thing in this lifetime, I keep feeling that a lot of the stuff that I'm allowing to limit me now has nothing to do with this lifetime that it's like way back. I'm like, what, at what point do I get to like choose to appreciate the lesson and move on without the tether? Mm -hmm. Totally. Ooh, so they, they get into that kind of thing too. Yep. They Ooh. get into past lives, the idea of a life, you know, how to basically feel if I could put the book in a nutshell from my human perspective, mm -hmm. I would say that this is a book about belonging. Mm. That if you start to feel like you belong in any time period, in any place in your life, if you feel an identity that is stronger than the things you are surrounded by or the time period you show up in, if you feel who you are, your sense of belongingness expands to where you can navigate between times. And it's just a better way of understanding who you are, as opposed to feeling like now I'm lost. How did I get here? How did I, how do I get back to the time period I'm from? You, you yeah. feel the difference yeah. between an identity that is so tied to our definition of time periods mm -hmm. versus sort of an energetic sense of yourself that goes with you wherever you go in the universe and can only get stronger at that point time becomes kind of like a playground kind of like a thing you can navigate you you don't fear to lose touch with those that you love 
you realize that by way of these experiences, you have an even deeper connection, a more expanded understanding of all the ones that you love. Wow. And how beautiful is that? Because I, I think that we have so many fears wrapped up in that aspect. You know, sometimes I've I've communicated accidentally, they they come to me, but communicated with people who have who have recently passed on and um but are but are still hanging around. Yeah. And so often, you know, when I'm like, well, why why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. So funny. One in particular, she was like, there's no way my family would be able to make it without me continuing to help them from here. I had to run everything, you know, when I was alive and now I've got to do it all now. And, and I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. (laughs) You know, but then to have a conversation about, you know, allow allowing them to do, to do them, (laughs) you know, but, but even that allowing herself to not be tethered here anymore, doesn't mean that she can't interact and communicate and, 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 enjoy, you know, family. She just doesn't have to try to control it all. Yeah. Um, and I mean, so going back to the chorus as understanding or the way they define life after death or whatever, doesn't she sound human? Yeah. Like, couldn't you meet a woman at the grocery store who's struggling with the same thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they would be like, okay, she's passed on. She shifted in her beliefs enough that like you all can't see her on the same visible wavelengths of light. So she is in a slightly different resonance, but does she still share a lot of beliefs with you all. Yes, she does. Yeah. So by their perspective, there are going to be some humans who are awakening from this definition of, of life. And there are going to be many who awaken from other frequencies too, including what we might broadly classify as life after death, but also you could say just neighboring frequencies of mm-hmm. what we're resonating with. Mm-hmm. So when they talk about awakening, you know, in the book and then in the podcast, it feels so big. I mean, we think about all us humans here awakening and they're like, no, no, you're all awakening. Whoa. All the frequencies, all the places of belief of limitation, these pathways are starting to ignite for anybody who wants it. Now it's free choice so are there going to be some who are like no thanks i'm still having a good time being limited i'll come out later yeah but are there going to be many others who are like whoa that was an amazing experience and i'm ready to graduate yes yeah but there are some who are working with others on the other side as they awaken too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's actually something I've been called to do more from this place, which is interesting. Um, and what I realized that that the kind of in guidance has been, the invitation has been, is around belief. And I hadn't, I hadn't fully appreciated the importance of that until this conversation. Why that, in the bigger scheme of things, so matters, and how the application of love and of this allowing um can help others shift it it can hold space for their shift you know at, at least help show them a pathway in which 
or by which to shift maybe I, I, I don't know or to That's believe differently yeah um fascinating yeah, yeah and I I just hadn't appreciated why that mattered so much until this conversation so thank you now, I, I am curious on a totally personal level. So it feels like your health's gotten better. Yes. Yes. And it feels like you recently made a, made a move and like health family. Once you've like embraced, really embraced, brought the course out of the closet, <laughs> you know, embraced <laughs> the course, books, podcasts, you know, talking publicly, how has life shifted for you? Whether, you know, the external is one thing, but like the feeling nature and how you're experiencing life. Great question. Great question. Um, so I would say that it has taken me a while to form a perspective on everything that I have gone through. And mm. I think sharing with others helps each of us to integrate these things into the belief system wholesale. Mm. So, you know, for those who are listening and who are like, I had a spiritual thing or things happening and I've only shared them with a couple of friends. That's usually how we start because that's usually as much as our beliefs and their beliefs and the beliefs of all our friends will tolerate. Mm. But we're heading into a phase now where, where more sharing is going to be more possible because we have beliefs now that about like the possibility of these things, that it's okay, that you don't have to believe them mm -hmm. to, you know, to listen to someone share. It's a, it's an allowance for the weirdness. It's not condoning the weirdness. It's not mm -hmm. an approval of the weird. It's an allowance that maybe this is all bigger more diverse than, than we had thought. And I have felt that transition, especially in, in recent months between forming the perspective of what I had been through with myself, mm -hmm. starting to share it with a couple others. And now it becomes easier and easier for me to agree to a live chat or say something on a podcast. It's not as brutal to yeah. dig it out. Right. You know, when you're shaking and you're just like, I can't even say it. I, you know, I was there yeah. for days. And I think the sensation is one of okayness in the present moment. That has what has grown for me in the beginning. It felt like I had to share the stuff. It oscillated between like, I got to get this stuff out of me. I just got to be done with it To I'm never going to let it out of me. <laughs> My family knows now and that's enough. It ends there, you know, mm -hmm. to, to slowly just being more okay with the times it is shared, the times it isn't, it's almost like letting it go, just watching it start to move in its own way. And sometimes someone will bring something up and I'll check in and I'll be like, should I say something there? And it's, it's not quite there. I used to be like, I don't know, maybe I should, I'd grapple with it. And now I'm sort of like, well, interesting. It's not going to come up right now. I wonder when it will come up for them. So there's less of an urgency uh, across the board. Whew. It's just easier. It's just easier to be me to be at ease to be wherever I am that day it's I'm churning less mentally 
I'm not trying to plan how this is all going to work out. I'm easier to just show up in present moment presence more. I pop in and out of it. It's not to say like (laughs) I'm walking on water and floating on air and just present all the time, but the oscillation has sped up. I can understand my limited perspective and then bounce right back to a place where it's working out and then back to a five senses where now I really got to go to the grocery store. (laughs) And then at the grocery store, I'm having a much better time Mm. than I used to. It's just easier. It's softer, more flowing, you could say. Mm. And it's so it doesn't have to be some big, all of a sudden I'm awake, you you know, but integrating those awarenesses into like the mundane, the grocery store moments. But also I love the fact, and this is what I've noticed for myself too, not allowing myself to be stuck as long, but when the oscillation can happen quick, more quickly toward aware. Okay. Oh, I see you. Okay. And let's yeah. move through that, you know, rather than get stuck in it. Yes, absolutely. Great notice. And I have gone through that too. And I've, I have found many friends who are feeling it too. There is a speeding up where I can feel the depression coming on Mm -hmm. years ago. I would have been like, Oh, I don't want to be depressed again. I would fight it. Mm -hmm. And now I'm sort of like, Oh, Hey there, I know what you feel like. Okay. (laughs) It's, we're going to be depressed now. And it, then it's, then it's gone. I, it's amazing that you can feel something that you're going into that might've taken a longer stretch of time, going back to the topic of time previously. And now there's sort of a greater familiarity with it, a greater knowledge of it, a greater acceptance of it at times. Mm -hmm. And then it comes in and it goes right back out. Mm -hmm. And you're like, how could I have been so depressed at 10 AM? And now it's five o'clock and my day is totally changed. And now I'm super happy and I'm at a happy hour with my friends. And this morning I was on the couch. It's faster, way faster. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely, I would say, speeding up. This leads me to, to a question about, we talked about limitation and, you know, the game here of limits, but then like the other side of the shame, blame, guilt, depression, you know, th- those things that don't feel so good necessarily that are lighthouses to, mm-hmm. to allow us to look at them. And then on the other side, things like gratitude and joy, and just that kind of effervescence of, Woo, you know, isn't this fun? Um, what, what does the course have to say about those experiences? So I have the book around here somewhere. I'll show you a diagram. So there's diagrams in the first book mm-hmm. um, because I brought them a lot of that content through his drawings first. Uh-huh. And so we yep. put a lot of those drawings in the book, but they have this funny one where they say, here's your idea of, you know, emotions today on a linear scale where mm-hmm. there's like positive over here and negative over here. And we would say the center point is love. Mm-hmm. The, neutri- the point of neutrality where you're allowing all these things is love allowance. And then they said, let's give you a different picture. And they create sort of a three-dimensional sphere of emotions. And so they're like, you are actually resonating at different moments in time across many points in your spheres, but you're only conscious of the particular strongest emotion or certain emotions or whatever. And they said, when you start to become conscious of resonating with multiple emotions at once, that is actually your sense of confusion. (laughs) Ah, because the mind can't 
understand how you could feel these four different things right now. Mm -hmm. And so we're sort of like, we come up and we're sort of like, what? And they're like, yeah, that's you becoming conscious of all the ways you are actually resonating with these frequencies while you're here, which was the objective of being here, which was understanding the energetic perceptions of limitation. Wow. So, you know, they say it might sound strange at this juncture to a human to say, but all emotions that you have been feeling are all expressions of limitation. Wow. So even the joy, even whoa okay so joy by their view is a sensation of of basically right fit Mm, yeah when we're joyful we have an idea of all these beliefs that are telling us of the way that it should go or would be optimal if it did go and we are perceiving five senses manifestations that align to that construct and we feel joy so we're like this is so great. The temperature's perfect. I'm walking on the beach. Dinner was divine. They had my favorite sauce on the chicken, (laughs) (laughs) right? You just feel, ah, and even if it's subconscious, which it still often is, that is what is driving it. It's a sense of fit into a construct what we have. And they said, this is why different things will make different people joyful. Yeah. Because I might be totally happy walking on the beach and I'm like so joyful and here's my partner, whatever. And somebody else would be like, sand makes me itchy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right? That's <clears throat> not their idea of what would be a totally optimal situation. So now when I first heard this, I was like a little bitter. And every time <laughs> I started to feel joyful, I would be like, right, judge judgment here we are like judging this right I'm judging this you know and I would see Hallmark greeting cards and it would say wishing you joy this season I'd be like wishing you right judgment this season like I was sort of just like <laughs> sass pants right about they you know they took the best thing that we had and we're sort of like it's kind of also in your experience of limitation mm-hmm. wow and you know it took me a long time again going back to allowing to allow my perspective. Mm-hmm. You know what? Right judgment feels good. <laughs> right fits okay. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I do have those preferences. I do like walking on the beach. I do like that kind of dinner. And so again, it brought me into my sense of self and my sense of preference in a new way. It was awakening, but it was awakening about joy as opposed to awakening about guilt or shame. And they say, this is it. You are expanding into a fuller connection with all that you are. Mm -hmm. All that you are is a unique expression of creation. And by way of that, you will expand more into other unique expressions of creation. You'll notice more about your, your world. You'll see more about others. You'll identify more in a situation or a location or a place of architecture than you could before. And it is because you are consciously allowing for more of what you are. So the right judgment is like, oh, you know, but then at the same time, it was like, yeah, yeah, I do like those things. Mm -hmm. I like those things. I do. And then it sort of, once I got past that, opened me up to, well, what else is there besides joy? Like. Mm how does this work where the course is? Mm -hmm. And they said, 
through that, you know, doorway in the center of all your emotions called love allowance, there is an infinite universe of sensations. Love is just the beginning Mm -hmm. of that allowance. One one of the groups that I um, have communicated with, I just feel them around me um, a lot. They talk about how in their experience, you know, where, where they are, you know, their level of understanding and, and awareness, that ecstasy is the lowest, like energetic frequency that they, that the, that's the lowest thing they feel. That's the floor, right? So ecstasy is the lowest and everything else is up from there. And when you think about that, I'm like, but, you know, one of the challenges that they've mentioned, they said, you know, when people who have, or souls, beings, whatever, who have experienced that with us, then choose to incarnate on earth in this world of limitation, it's particularly challenging because the, the, the soul memory can still be of, of ecstasy being the bottom and everything, you know, up from there or however we describe it in our limited way. And so oftentimes there is this, um, shift into, um, or propensity to try to either recreate or numb out. So either recreate the ecstasy feeling through drugs or alcohol, sex addiction, you know, pick your thing or numb out the pain of living on earth through those same things. And, um, and, and that helped me understand, you know, I used to be pissed off about what do you mean? Freaking veil of, you know, veil of ignorance that I have to like unremember everything to come be, you know, have this human experience, this lifetime that just sucks. If my, if my soul has already gone through all the shit, then why do I have to forget all the lessons? Blah, blah, blah. I was just, I was angry as you can tell about this, but, and you know, when I think about though, the soul memory or the soul, you know, those memories of past lifetimes or of, of other, um, maybe even other dimensional experiences. And it's like, oh, you're doing me a favor. Oh, oh, this whole, this whole way to play the game is actually doing me a favor because I think about the ways I've kept myself small when I do remember traumatic times from past lifetimes, you know, um, and it's only been within the past couple of years, well, probably 2019 where I've been able to tap into some of the gifts that I know have come from those past, you know, past lifetimes to really benefit me in the moment right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's just such a dance, you know, and kind of waves and, and being pissed off at times and going, Oh, (laughs) okay. Thank you. You I think it's interesting because what a way to accelerate your limitation in some ways by being able to somehow recall those Mm -hmm. less limited places amplifies our sense of limitation. Mm. I mean, in some ways, wouldn't it be easier if you didn't even know what ecstasy was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there are lots of different ways that lots of different souls incarnate here and play in the field of limitation. And so, you know, I sometimes think there's like, there's a tavern at the end of this. 
where we all sit down and we have a drink and we all see the whole game board and you know it's sort of like well I came in like this and so then I got super sick and I was in science can you believe it and then I couldn't even you know and then you're like yeah I could remember ecstasy and I'm like no way and you're like yeah so then I spent years battling the limitation you know so it's like there are ways that we are each experiencing limitation. It's not a generic experience. It's mm -hmm. not something that we all come into and then we just all walk through like a factory machine. It is an expression of infinite creation by way of us wow. who are infinitely connected to creation. Mm -hmm. We create the flavors of all of this and we further the expansion of the universe inherently by being an expression of the infinite universe that is resonant here. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, some of the beings that I connect to consider humanity one of the greatest fascinations, what we're doing here, because they are learning so much about creation itself by watching us in the simulated absence of creation and the way that each <sighs> of us come in here and create that experience. It's so it's like everyone is unique here and everyone has a fan club here is the way I often think of it. Mm. There are so many beings, so many beings in the universe. You know, the chorus used to tease me early on. I would ask them about earth and they would be like, well, you think that billions is a lot. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And I would be like, wait, what? I mean, how do you, you know, they're like, it's so much bigger and you know put it in a new perspective in terms of like how do we all do this how are we all reconnecting what are we reconnecting to and it was like oh there's there's enough in the universe for every single person on the planet right now to have a fan club that is billions strong whoa whoa yeah it's so big and it's so much variety and it's so much color and it's so many different flavors. And the more you experience those different flavors and that variety, the more you realize even more the uniqueness that you brought mm -hmm. to the whole game. I love goosebumps. <laughs> what a great perspective. And, and, you know, one, one of the things that um, I'm, I'm kind of pulling all this together with some of my own core beliefs that I've, that I've wrestled with over the ages, but um, someone once asked me just a random question, you know, what's your greatest fear? Mm. And I thought, oh crap, you know, but immediately what came out of my mouth without me even thinking was my greatest fear is um, the idea of never recognizing my full potential. Okay. Where the hell did that come from? I don't know. But then the, when you, when you think about potential in a game that enforces limitation yep. and so many of us are trying to strive toward that potential or trying to co-create with the universe in limitless ways, you know, in a limited framework but it's like the more the more we realize the limits and work to move beyond it, it almost feels like 
okay, there's a limit. Oh, I see you. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to come up here now. Oh, oh. And then I'm going to come up here. And, you know, so our potential keeps expanding mm. with every limit we overcome, but yet we'll never really understand the full extent of our potential because there will always be next level limits, you know, as long as we're still playing this game. I'm talking around it, but does that make any sense? I think so. Well, I'll start talking and then you tell me if I'm <laughs> anywhere close to the mark. Um, so in terms of the where it started, so when you they said, what's your greatest fear? Uh-huh. Okay. So according to the chorus, fear is our perception of the energetic fence line of the game for uh -huh for us individually and potentially us as a collective, as a group consensus. So when you feel a fear to move in a particular direction, let's say a new being shows up and offers like a brand new, totally different perspective and you feel terror mm -hmm. about that being, that is simply your perception of the fact that they are in a different energetic place that you have not yet expanded to commune with easily. Okay. When someone is in your fence line and they show up, it feels a lot more like, oh, it's interesting. <laughs> you feel safe and secure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, mm -hmm. so when they say, what is your greatest fear right now? And any of your, any of your listeners could ask themselves this right now, from the chorus's perspective, what you're really asking yourself is where is your fence line right now? So it's interesting that you said, well, my fence line is that I, I'm afraid that I won't see my greatest potential. Mm-hmm which may reflect the fact that you are right on the other side of a very thin energetic fence from seeing your full potential. Mm. Mm. Now, the next question for a human would be, well, what do I do? Right? That's where we always go. We are physical beings. We are five senses-based beings. And we have a lot of beliefs that say that when we recognize there's something that we want and it's not here yet, we got to do physical stuff. We got to work harder or move it around or grow it or build it or whatever. And then the chorus would say, well, that's when the interesting stuff starts because now you're starting to realize those beliefs of limitation when you recognize there's something you can perceive and it's not here yet and all that fires up. You're walking through all those beliefs that would fire up because they're the ones that are limiting you from effervescently, magically, easily vibrating right back into your full potential. It's the fence line of the game. It's how we kept ourselves limited. It's not an easy job to keep yourself limited <laughs> because as soon as the engine stops, we would all bubble sort of right back up into infinite places. We need the recurring sort of frequency of these beliefs to keep us in the perception of limitation. And it's those things that we're releasing. Mm -hmm. So as you recognize like, wow, I'm afraid of that. And you feel those things come up. It is a similar allowing sort of game where maybe you just go to the freezer and get a pint of ice cream. Cause what the fuck? <laughs> yes. My favorite Very therapies. Experience, right? Yeah. <laughs> maybe you sit down and journal with it mm -hmm. and you know, about the fears not about the potential the potential is assured it's inherent in you about the things that come up as you recognize the fear mm -hmm. maybe you avoid it 
for two or three years and get into a series Decades. of bad relationships <laughs> that bring it up over and over again in a pattern that you just can't <laughs> deny is there any longer, right? Another beautiful human experience. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, speaking from personal experience, also making mistakes. Over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. I mean, would I have skipped that experience here? No, no, no. Redundancy is incredible. Um, so, you know, it's this it's this process that helps you to realize your full potential, meaning you're simply coming to terms with the limited ways that you kept yourself from naturally being always an expression of mm. your fullest potential. Wow. Yeah. You so know, it's not really something to strive toward. It's something to recognize and remove the barriers to. That makes striving sense. is an incredible experience of being human. I mean, mm -hmm. where else in the universe do you have to strive? Like you're already infinitely worthy. <laughs> so I take no issue yeah. with striving. Wow. Go ahead. Anyone who feels like they want to strive for something, if you feel that, yeah, do it. <laughs> it, it, it. I mean, it really becomes all inspirations are valid, whether they come from, you know, a, a lacking place, whether they come from a worthy place like this. These are the pathways of awakening. It's it's mm. living the human experience. It's living it up in the human experience at times when we can it's slogging through the human experience at times when that's all we can do so it and it's the ways that we each find the ways to allow for that i mean my way incorporated times of total bliss it incorporated times of depression where i couldn't leave the house it incorporated finally connecting with friends in an authentic way it incorporated periods of boredom where nothing happened at all that's the color of this existence and you know sometimes i listen to these podcasts where incredible people come on and speak and i get angry sometimes because i'm like they make it sound so simple you know especially <laughs> when i was sick what why can't i be there and I think the point is, you know, for anyone listening, I'm, I'm not there. I'm just okay with that. Mm. That's the difference. And do I have days where I'm not okay with it? Yeah. I mean, talk to me tomorrow. I might be like, <laughs> everything I said to Lisa was total bullshit. Hate it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and and that's true, but more and more, it is easier to come back around to this place that mm -hmm. we are all feeling right now. We're like, maybe it also was extraordinary. So what I hear is that you are allowing yourself to have, and, and maybe even appreciate the full expression of human experience, the full okay hello limits I see you hello you know the stuff that we would call good the stuff that we would call bad because we're human and we do that you know but finding maybe even allowance for all of it experiencing all of it is there a time which we only experience the good 
or is that still a part of limitlessness or limit limits if if joy is still oh right judgment <laughs> you know <laughs> <Damn> well <laughs> we're all moving in the direction of allowance right that's mm-hmm. why it's starting to get easier to have all of these experiences across mm-hmm. the board joy so have you ever felt a moment of joy and then it starts to slip away and you're like no why can't this last longer okay so that is a difficulty in joy too Mm -hmm. where we are energizing the belief that joy is hard to come by yeah yeah as we move into allowance it's sort of easier to watch both sides of the spectrum come and go we're like that was a beautiful joyful moment Mm. ah that was an interesting anger moment do you feel how they start to get a little more even and one is not so important to have and the other one is not so important to avoid yeah they all soften yeah Yeah. and you know it's that allowance that is what we are going to start coming back to and over again it's the speed that you brought up Mm -hmm. right i can be depressed and then suddenly i'm back over here and then that is part of allowance it's the lighterness with which we feel some of these sensations doesn't feel as crippling as it was before it doesn't feel as needed in you know sometimes I think of it like have you ever sat down with a good friend and you've been really pissed about something and you tell them all about how angry they you are and it's just awful and whatever and some somehow they're able to see you through it (laughs) and they don't say anything they're just listening they're just sitting there with you and then you find at the end of it (laughs) that you're both like you start laughing you both start laughing about whatever it was that had you so ticked off. It's it's that for each of us. It's both parts of that equation. It is the part of us that will continue to feel pissed off for a little while longer. Mm-hmm. But it is the other part of us too that also still sees us walking through it and is able to find the things to love in that. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's so much easier in retrospect, you know, than when you're all up in it right now, which another time thing, you know, (laughs) I'll bet the the next book gets into. I have so enjoyed this conversation. So enjoyed it. If people want to find you, find you, the book, the podcast, what are, what are the avenues? Thank you, Lisa. It has been a pleasure (laughs) to be here and with you as always. Mm, I appreciate you. And our website is the best place to find us. Mm -hmm. So it's katieandthechorus.com. And you can hear me channel the chorus live in each podcast episode. We also have some live Q&As that we did this year, videos of them on the website also. And there's a link there to the book books, plural, very shortly, mm-hmm. and the podcast, Our Next Existence. Excellent. Ooh, that's fantastic. So if people want to, do you work with people one-on-one or is it mainly, here's the course and I'm, I'm putting information out in this way? Great question. I don't work one-on-one right now, mm-hmm. um, but we'll see what you know the next year brings. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in that, the best thing to do is to sign up for our newsletter, or if you subscribe to the podcast, we put updates in the, in the description, you Mm -hmm. know, under the description is like, you know, kind of where we're at. So if we start offering them, it'll be in the podcast description. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Any last nuggets of inspiration or wisdom for listeners? No, have fun. Love it. Perfect. (laughs) 
Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and for all your inspiration. Thank you to the chorus for all the wisdom that they bring through. And it just feels fun knowing that we've got billions upon billions upon maybe even more than billions of cheerleaders out there rooting for us, both individually and as a collective. That's yeah. that's a great, just that's a great feeling <laughs> and a great thing to know. So thank you. For all of you who have been listening or watching, I so appreciate your, your time as well. You can find links to connect with Katie in the show notes. And I look forward to, to talking with you next week. Until then, in Katie's inspiration, go out and have some fun. Thank you for listening. Let's connect in between shows, either through Facebook, Instagram, the website, or email at lisa at dirtroaddivinity.com. Talk to you next week.